Shut up and sit down. Hi, I'm Corbin. And I'm Katie. And we are the, the Vagabonds. Two best friends adventuring through the world of lady stuff, one episode at a time. We don't give medical advice, and we don't seek for anyone other than ourselves. We're just recording conversations we'd be having at bars anyway. Hi. Hello. What's up, friends? Yeah, not much. Welcome back to the dungeon. Yeah, the bunker. Good the bunker. To be back. It's been a while. We're back, yeah. It's been how many weeks? Like four, four maybe. Four. I mean, you know, our, our listeners don't. Yeah, they don't know this. That, but, but you we, were. We pre-recorded all of those. That's right. <laughs> but you you abandoned us for a trip. I know. To uh, not to France, as no. I keep thinking. But Dave keep asking, keeps asking me how Paris was, and I'm like, I don't know. I wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> but to uh, to Stockholm, Stockholm, Sweden, and Amsterdam. Yeah, it was good. Uh, it was cold. It's like been like before I left it was like ninety degrees in Iowa and then I got to Stockholm and it was like fifty degrees every day. <laughs> like sixty every day and I was like, Oh, I'm sick. Oh that doesn't bode well for my January trip to Sweden. No. <laughs> I, it doesn't. No, nobody goes to Sweden in January for like the weather. Come on. I know. Yeah, I'm bringing my happy light with me. <laughs> your what? My happy light. What's that? The, oh, your like, sad light? My sad light. Okay, yeah, yeah I know what you're talking about. The you one that's supposed <laughs> to keep a seasonal affective disorder at bay. Yeah. You should also bring some long johns. Good yeah. plan. Yeah. Because uh, that would probably make your life cold. better. Some wool socks. Yes. You can Most get wool def. socks at Costco. What? Get like nice. six of them for $12, which yeah, is a really good deal. Definitely should do that. Um, but yeah. What did you do that was, nice. was most awesome? Well, um, let's, let me think. Um, well, we in Stockholm, my favorite thing was Swedish meatballs. Obviously, they're, mm. ma- they're amazing and delicious. That's not um, an innuendo, right? Oh, no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. They're delicious. I have a I have a recommendation for you on a restaurant. So Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I had reindeer meatballs, too. That was like... I had three different kinds. You of ate Rudolph? <laughs> yeah, I did. That's, That's a, right. such a betrayal. No, it's not. It was delicious. It kind of tastes like Christmas, How are the actually. kids going to get the... <laughs> Weirdly enough, I think they put cloves like in mm. the meat, like to spice it. It legit tastes like Christmas. How are the kids gonna get their presents? I don't hey, care. Doesn't matter as long as we get to eat our Christmas balls. Exactly. Amazon is Santa Claus now, so I guess uh, it doesn't matter. True that. True that. Um, and then in Amsterdam, I did not smoke any weed. No, or, no space cakes. No. Uh, it did give me a huge headache though, so that pretty much uh, made the decision for me that I was not going to partake because Wasn't I was like, I will die of a headache. The secondary um, high of everyone smoking. Yeah, I felt like I was going to Corbin's apartment because Corbin's neighbors smoke a lot of weed, and so yeah. her, her hallway outside of her apartment smells like weed a lot. And I was like, this is gross. It's really it, obnoxious. It is very obnoxious. Um, but I would say my favorite part of Amsterdam was the cheese museum. Oh. <laughs> uh. And they had free samples. Cheese it's like when we were <laughs> museum. This is like my notice how my favorite parts are food because that's well, how you get me. Hey, you. Were, I guess this is just telling me that uh, you really should just go to museums and uh, food museums in Europe because when Katie and I oh, were yeah. in Brussels, we went to a chocolate museum and we got free samples, and we went to the beer museum and we got free samples. Yeah. Europeans and know how to do the museum food it's museums true. right. 
Yeah. We went to the Heineken Experience, which is basically a Heineken museum, but we also got two free beers and like another sample too on top of that. It's it's awesome. If you go to Amsterdam, I highly recommend that. I thought it the was Heineken very experience. Yeah, I thought it was very informative and fun and you also get free beer. I like Heineken. It's a good beer. Yeah, it is. Uh, and they have a sex packed. museum too, didn't you? You yeah, didn't go to the sex museum. We didn't go to the sex museum. Is Adam too shy? No, we just I don't know. We were doing other stuff. It, I don't know. It's fine. In Stockholm, did you go to the Viking museum? Apparently, there's a Viking museum there that's pretty cool. No, we went to the Vasa museum, which is like this old warship. Um, oh yeah, that's not what I'm the, talking about. Yeah, it's not. It's not a Viking ship. Oh, it's okay. a it's a um like 1600s ship. Um, gotcha. It's sweet though. Oh, you gotta go there when you go there. Yeah, that's what I've heard. It's awesome. It's like 98% original because it <laughs> was built poorly and it sunk in the harbor. <laughs> <laughs> so then it sat at the bottom of the harbor in like really cold water. Um, and it's actually like really super, they talk about all this in the museum, but it's the water is like the perfect place to preserve this because there's like no, none of these like um, parasites that would like decay the wood. Right. So it just sat there. And so then when they hmm. brought it up, they like, they basically sprayed it with polyethylene glycol for like five years or something to like replace all the water in it. So now it's like preserved and it's hmm. just sitting in the museum. It's sweet. Cool. Yeah. And they, they, there's like a video about like how they put it all back together and stuff. What age is it? I think like 1600s is when it was built, like mid 1600s. Wow. It's like when, um, when, uh, Sweden started trying to like be incorporated into like the rest of Europe and like get in mm-hmm. on the trade stuff. Um, yeah, it's cool. It's really pretty because we Stockholm is like uh, just a bunch of islands essentially. I would yeah, so there's like waterways everywhere. It's really pretty. I am gonna go on record though that if I'm in Sweden, I probably will try a space cake. You just, mean Amsterdam? You mean Amsterdam? I mean Amsterdam. <laughs> Amsterdam also. If has I'm a lot in Amsterdam, <laughs> I will travel probably try a space camp. Yeah. Maybe if I wasn't applying to residency in like um, you know, now. Yeah, no, I think you made the right choice. I, yeah. I, you know, that's it's definitely a <laughs> something you want to be careful about. Yeah. Also, I have another fun fact. So Adam is related to the Heinekens. Oh. So they're the the brothers that started Heineken, their sister married over hoof. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that cool. crazy, Tom? So anyway, unfortunately, I don't think we will get any of that inheritance. Nah, me, so well, you know, that's maybe it's maybe it's good for like a little couch surfing at the Heineken's place. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. We should have asked yeah. her there. But exactly. Anyway, so speaking of applying to residency now, uh, that's what we're going to talk about today. That's what we're doing. Because Corbs and I are in the thick of it. Corbs. Also, Corbs is in the thick of her sub eye. So she's like, I'm CB. I dragged her out of bed to come here. Not really. No, I was baking a Trader Joe's pumpkin bread. Yeah, Iowa City just got a Trader. Well, Coralville, to be more specific, yeah. just got Trader Joe's. Oh my week. god! And, and the whole place is fucking going insane. Yeah, everybody's freaking out. Ah, Trader Joe's. Um, they do have great candy, though. I don't care about anything else at Trader Joe's <laughs> except for their candy. I just like their chocolate-covered salted almonds. So yeah, I I we went on Friday. It was a it was a crazy madhouse. That's the day it opened, right? Mm, no. Well, or it was a grand opening, I think, was on Friday. Wasn't it open last week? I was out of town last week. so No, it know. opened this week. It yeah. did? Yeah. Oh, so we literally went on opening day. I, I didn't think even you did, realize. yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. Um, people it had, was Friday that it opened, for yeah. sure. People had driven from everywhere. 
Um, it's just a grocery store. I, yeah, I, I ran know, into right? medical yeah. students. You can't even buy Diet Coke there, so what's the point? <laughs> the travesty. But I have to say I didn't enjoy, I, I didn't love anything that I've eaten so far that we bought at Trader Joe's. That you couldn't get anywhere That else. I couldn't, yeah. well, even, I mean. Or that like you didn't like it better than anywhere else that you've had that thing. I guess so. I, I guess uh, even the stuff that I couldn't get at like the local grocery mm-hmm. chain, um, I'm just like, okay, well, all right. I think Hy-Vee is better than Trader Joe's. Well, anyway. Corbin also thinks Hy-Vee is like church. Like <laughs> it's like her favorite thing. <laughs> I love Hy-Vee. I don't like Hy-Vee. There's a helpful smile in every aisle. There is. I... There is not. <laughs> There's so much selection. The one thing. The one There's thing... too much selection. That's why I like Aldi. There's one thing and you just buy that. And it's cheap. <laughs> the one thing I enjoyed about the uh, Trader Joe's, and this is probably just because it's the first day, is that everybody was happy. Like the store, the staff were happy. The people were happy to be like lining, standing in line just to get down <laughs> in a friggin' aisle. Um, uh, everybody was happy. Um, the staff well, today was very nice. I think that's the Trader Joe's thing is that you're supposed to be very nice. Okay. Well, um, could also be an Iowa thing, though. Judging yeah. by opening day. Well done. So, but the, my checkout person was like talking about like, I got, you know, the peanut butter pretzels and she's like, oh, these are so good. But sometimes I feel a little awkward when the checkout person comments on my food. Cause I like, what it. if it's my secret shame that I I'm buying it. that, <laughs> you know, like. I hate that. Yeah. I'm like, don't <laughs> If people did that my, to like, me, they'd be like, well, that's a lot of Dr. Pepper. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always. Uh, it, Which is what my husband says every time we go shopping. So that sort of strikes. That thing, that idea sort of strikes me when I'm buying uh, things like a massive quantity of toilet paper. Yeah. You Which know, you like, only have to do like once every four years. Right. Though, but when, well, <laughs> you don't know the others. But the point <laughs> you is, you know, if, you, paper, if you if you roll up with like two 24 packs of uh, the giant size rolls, I can't help but think that the checker is like, what? is going on in that house <laughs> no i feel like that's enough of a human experience i think everybody does that uh, i definitely do that i'm not saying that it's a rational thing i'm just saying i also have another story about this that it might be an off mic conversation but um we can edit it out if we need to well i mean th- well uh, i don't know do it we can edit it if we need to well uh a while ago i had like a pregnancy scare and i oh. for like no apparent re- like Good i kind times. of freaked myself out about like yeah. it wasn't like a reasonable pregnancy scare yeah, yeah, yeah. at but, all but it was like one nonetheless i understand <clears throat> and so i went to hy-vee super early to get pregnancy tests <laughs> and before you called me i have one <laughs> Yeah, well, I <laughs> ordered I some off Amazon, too. Yeah, But then I was like, I can't wait for these to come. So then I went to hy <laughs> But it was like 6 a.m. because I was like up stressing out about it. Mm-hmm. And so before I like put my stuff down to check out, um, the night person who's super nice and friendly goes, oh, hey, how are you doing this morning? And then all I set down is like a pregnancy test. And it's like 5.30 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, uh, <laughs> that's how I'm doing. That's how I'm doing. <laughs> I think that's I uh I wish that could be on mic. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um Well we were gonna talk about something oh yeah, residency. Yeah. Application. So yeah, so Corbs and I are in the thick of that. Luckily we've uh, gotten some interview offers, so that's I'm feeling but be- way better now that I have some interviews uh, all lined up. I actually have my first interview. So let's see. The day this comes out, I'll be at my first interview. I appreciate everyone's good juju. All yeah. that good stuff. Yeah. You got it. Um, so 
should we just like kind of start from the beginning corps and talk about the process of it i guess <laughs> i'm gonna feel very corbin uh, um, corbin in particular is very i don't think i'd be telling stories to say that you were you have been very anxious at times about this process yes. oh my gosh yes i think it plays to my i would say that so i wouldn't i i'm not outwardly an anxious person but i am inwardly an anxious person i get it and that's what that's what watching you go through this has taught me about you yeah and so when something but only about specific things though right only about specific things and i think it's because a lack of control oh yeah so i take i manage my anxiety by taking control of my life Mm -hmm. and with this kind of thing you can't take control of it so maybe, maybe we should explain the process yeah yeah so okay so um when you're in your fourth year of medical school you apply to residency so um for anyone who doesn't know you to work as a physician in the United States, you have to graduate from a medical school and then complete a residency right. in whichever specialty you choose. Right. Like medical school is not, you don't, you are a go doctor. to a specialty. You don't, you know, you, you're trained in everything in medical yeah. school, essentially. And when you graduate, you're a doctor, but you aren't a like you're board li- certified license board. Cer- you don't get your license until your first year of residency, technically. It's kind of complicated because you don't get like your, yeah, you don't like finish your board. So your first year of residency, but you like get your license before. I don't know. It's but it is confusing. your first job after medical school. Yeah. You're now you employed. Finally. I'm so ready of. for that. Yeah. Kind of. You get paid shit, but you get paid. Right. right. And you're no longer paying to participate in the medical system. Yes. Um, okay. So anyway, so that's just uh, to start off. So you... Uh, pick you basically decide which res which uh, specialty you want to go into you can you can apply to more than one specialty but just for the sake of clarity we're just going to talk about just picking one most people pick one I yeah think. so corbin and i have both chosen OBGYN unless she's hiding something from me i have chosen OBGYN, uh, but i saw her list so yeah. i think i'm <laughs> correct um so anyway so in uh like june i don't know something so there's this thing called Eris or the electronic residency application service so this thing opens and it's like basically your application so you like put everything into it like your whole life story essentially and that's how you like get your letters of recommendation and your resume and your um like your dean's letter and all that crap so that opens and you have to put everything in it and then on september 15th 15th for us that's when residency programs can start receiving your application and downloading it so everybody kind of submits it at the same time essentially and then residencies can view your information and then you start getting interview offers from those programs ideally yeah hopefully um and when you get interview offers kind of depends on which specialty you're in like adam is doing family med and he got a ton like the first day um, yeah. And he, he kind of like has almost all of his now, whereas ob Gyn is a little later. Like I got one the first day, but that's really weird. Yeah. Um, well, I would say most of mine didn't start coming until like two weeks after. Yeah. Ish. And then we're, I mean, I'm still getting them too. So like, yeah. and it's been a month, almost a month since we submitted. So yeah, I've been told that we should expect them through October. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know how accurate that is. Yeah. That's what I've been told too. So, um, what else so the other thing i was gonna say was that like so you need like certain letters of recommendation so you like ask 
your like attendings for those um and that's stuff that you like ask for earlier in the summer um all kind of stuff that goes into your application yeah Um, and so you interview at a number of places um I think it depends on the competitiveness of the specialty. But, like, let's say you interview at 15 places. Um, Then you have to make a list, basically, of your top choices. Yeah, so you can rank any program that you interviewed at. Right. Um, But you don't have to rank all of them. You don't have to rank all of them. Yes. So. Um, And then... So you make your list and you... And the programs also rank order the people yeah, right. that they so interviewed. If, if, so they, yeah, so a program ranks every uh, applicant that interviewed there unless they absolutely, like, would not want them to work there. Right. Same with and you. Same with the, yeah. the applicant. So you would rank anywhere unless you absolutely did not want and to. And it is a terrible idea to rank a program that you don't want to yeah that you would be miserable i mean however some you do the comparison is would i rather work here or would i rather not have a job right Right. which is kind of hard because as a doctor you can't really work if you you know like if you haven't completed residency yeah it's not like oh i'm gonna try again later and right it's not like not getting into medical school yeah and you can't i mean there you can like do something for a year and then reapply. Yeah, the you next can try year. again later. Yeah. Um, it is much harder, but it's that something you can do. Terrible yeah, to me. it's terrifying. There are some ways that you can do it where like it doesn't look like you didn't match, but anyway, that's like more complicated. But um, yeah. So then, so that list, so um, the list that we we're talking about where you like rank all your choices, that's due in February. Yeah, February. It's like the middle of February ish. So most. Pretty much all um, interviews are done at the end of January, I would say. It's like, I've, I haven't heard of like really any that go into February. Um, so then in mid-February, you submit your rank list and programs submit their rank list. Then it goes to this black box magic algorithm thingy called the match. Yeah. And it matches. So like if I ranked a program number one and they ranked me number one, the idea is that we would, yeah. that's where I would go. Um, I think the match algorithm is kind of fascinating. So it's I, crazy. Did you go to that? So we had a guy, the guy who designed the algorithm, whose name I'm totally blanking on at the moment. He came to our college and and spoke about it, and it was really fascinating. the The types of considerations that the algorithm s- supposedly is designed to. Uh, effect Mm -hmm. so in other words like it used to be that the algorithm took into account first the wishes of the rank order lists of the programs and second the rank order lists of the applicants yeah and applicants revolted yeah as they should and so it was uh switched the other way so now the applicants have a slight advantage that's in the algorithm and the algorithm is According to him, he's, a, he's an economist, the guy who uh, came mm-hmm. up with the algorithm. He actually won a Nobel Prize for this work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I went to the Nobel Museum when I was in oh, Stockholm. There you yeah, go. I think I saw a thing about that actually there. And, and to hear him describe it, it's all about trust. Like you must mm-hmm. trust the system. Now, I know you guys don't fully trust nope. the system. You can't because 
it's it is a black it is a black box and it is you know to some extent it's a black box and i don't trust any form of authority (laughs) (laughs) so true and and you know you're you're at you're at its to some extent at its whim but you do have an advantage in the in the system that's hard to hard to fathom well yeah the other thing you have to trust is you have to trust all the programs you interviewed at that they like will rank you you have to trust all. that no people aren't playing games yeah. yeah with the you know what i mean like well, yeah. not that someone's i don't mean like someone's behind the scenes messing with the algorithm but like people aren't overthinking you know they're yeah. actually just ranking their people right. top to bottom and not like being like oh i don't think that they'll want to come you know yeah, yeah, that yeah. kind of thing yeah in yeah. fact you're you're uh the the you know college officials will tell you you know don't try to game the system there's yeah. no there's no point in it, number one. And number two, you're going to screw yourself up. I yeah. Mean, you know, the algorithm is the algorithm. Do what you're, you know, submit yeah. your rank order in the way that you want it to be ranked. Mm-hmm. And things will go work, work as they should. Yeah. Also hard to do for medical students yeah. who, who yeah. like to feel in control yeah. of their lives. I think the thing you have to remember is that it's an algorithm that's deciding and not a person. Because if it was a person, then it would make more sense to like try to be like, well, right. this is really competitive. I'm probably not going to get in there. So I'm going to rank them lower just so I can rank somewhere that's like safer, higher. Yeah. But you can't do that with the algorithm because it's it's not a person who's deciding. It's yeah. literally just like this is how it works. Um what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So there's like, and there's all this other stuff too. Like, I think it's technically not allowed. Like, programs like aren't supposed to tell you if they're like ranking you really highly. No. And like, and if they imply that, they yeah, they're are, like, it's like sketchy. I don't know. It's, it's total like bullshit. All this, yeah. Don't ever listen to, yeah. They tell you, don't ever listen to the programs. Yeah. Because about what they'll rank. Yeah. Because yeah. they, they don't know yet. Right. They haven't seen everybody they're going to see. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's the other thing that's just really hard for, especially I think Midwestern med students is that you can like contact your program and be like, Hey, I'm actually very interested in you. So like, don't forget about me kind of thing. Oh, it's is that just, allowed? Yeah. It's I allowed. Yeah. That. Um, encourage sometimes even, especially if you're like applying somewhere like far away and they're like, well, why would they come here? Mm-hmm. But you can be like, Hey, like I actually really, really liked mm-hmm. your program. Just keep me in mind. You know, um, there's actually... I mean, there are definitely, like, ways you can't do it. Oh, yeah. Like, there are rules, but... But I think we have a lot more freedom as the applicant because there's, like, other things. So, like, in your... When you're interviewing, like, they can't ask you any personal questions. Mm. Like, so, there's a funny story of, like, this person who was like 36 weeks pregnant and was like interviewing at these places and unless you bring it up they cannot ask you about it <laughs> so like no one asked her about her pregnancy because she didn't bring it up <laughs> and then she i think someone said she was like upset that like no one even asked her about it but like they're not allowed to ask you <laughs> also know? it's not polite to ask someone if they're pregnant well Just but in like general <laughs> well yeah but yeah. um but like they're not allowed they're not allowed to ask you if you're married they're not allowed to ask yeah. you if you have kids they're not allowed to ask you if you want to have kids because that's all things that could like subconsciously it's or also, consciously factor into their decision to take you as a resident yeah i think that's also allegedly true of many employment situations yeah you're just not supposed to oh do yeah it, you're it happens anyway to. but so <laughs> this is just like a funny a- anecdote but um when I took PCHEM, we were uh, physical P- chemistry. P- sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah, physical chemistry. So it's like for, at Northwestern, it was like the highest level chemistry class that you had to take to be a chem major. So you talk about like one bodied problems. So that's like a single molecule. And then you talk about two bodied problems, which is like two molecules. So my professor, when he was interviewing at 
a, a place they like asked him they're like is this a one-bodied problem or a two-bodied problem <laughs> it was like code for like are you married like do you have a family like because they like they try to like get their spouses like a job somewhere close you know like they try to like help facilitate that right. and he's like <laughs> he like told them he's like it's a two-bodied problem but the other body you know like is working from home and the other like, body's a nerd yeah exactly <laughs> yeah pretty much but i'm like yeah technically that's illegal but like i don't know yeah i know but they're not allowed to ask you that they're also they're not allowed to ask you how you're ranking them um what else yeah so and, but they do I, but you occasionally can also, they do ask yeah but you but they're not supposed to so yeah, you got to come up with what i've heard is that you have to come up with a way yeah ahead of time how to deflect those questions yeah. well and then like for me so i'm couples matching which oh, is yeah. like a whole other shit show i mean couldn't you just say something like i'm very interested in this program yeah you could yeah but it's important that you not go into it blindly then you get blindsided yeah. and you yeah. alert something out that makes you look like an ass <clears throat> yeah yeah um or you just say first to everybody <laughs> yes. or you could do that yeah because if you Numero don't uno my brother number one what up because you're never gonna like you're it's not like you're gonna be applying i mean i know maybe if, you'll be applying to residency again there next year hopefully not but like yeah. i mean you'll see them again but they don't know like if someone else ranked you higher you know whatever i don't know there's an integrity issue there too oh yeah i totally agree yeah. i wouldn't do that but i don't know poor corbel just all you have to do is say i'm very interested because you i mean theoretically are if you're interviewing them yeah yeah that's true um what was i saying so you you know you submit your rank list in february and then in march um is well okay so there in march there's this week and on monday match week match week on monday you find out if you matched or not um, if you did, then you wait right. till Friday to find out where you matched. If you didn't, then you do something called the soap. Um, it's also called a scramble. Uh, and that is where you basically get a list of every unfilled residency spot in the country. And you scramble, you try to scramble into one of those spots. And then you make another rank list. You talk to those programs, do all that stuff. Make another rank list, submit it. Wednesday, you find out if you scrambled. If you did, then, you know, you know where you're going. You wait till Friday with everybody else. If you didn't, then you um, basically get another list of all the empty spots and you, like, basically make a verbal agreement with a program or you try again next year. Yeah. Um, and then Friday, everyone finds out where they matched. And it's, like, a huge deal. Uh, it's, like, bigger deal than graduation. Uh, and everyone is, like, in the... So some schools actually have you like come up and you have to like read where you're going in front of everybody. Hate that. Some yeah, it's terrifying. It takes forever. Yeah, it does take forever. Some schools, um, there's no, there's nothing. There's not like a match day celebration. You just like get your email. Um, at our school, you, you we have like a big, big uh, bingo ball roller with all of our names in it, and Dean Cooper picks them out and reads them, and we come up and get our envelope, and then we go back to our family and friends, and we open it, and we do yeah. it privately, but also like with our classmates. Um, I think it's the best of both worlds. Mm -hmm. yeah. Maybe that's just because I have to do it that way. But... And they read the name super fast. Oh, yeah, and they go, like, it's like Corbin Weaver, Katie Verhoof. Like, it's that fast. It's very... And then... And then the, the uh, usually oh yeah so the then last person everyone puts a dollar in a basket right and then the last person gets all the money right um so about a, usually is, about 150 or 60 yeah bucks. which for our class is gonna be more than that because there's a lot yeah, of people in our class, class. Uh, which usually I feel like goes to uh, some drinks later in the <laughs> evening probably um, 
<laughs> but it's because that person has to like wait forever you know to like find out where they're going but um it's like usually not a big deal for people uh because it's you know it's like happy because everywhere you ranked like you should be pretty like happy to go there uh who it is a big deal for is people like me who are couples matching mm-hmm. who are that day finding out if they will be living in the same place as their partner or not mm-hmm. uh, which mm-hmm. is terrifying so yeah that'll be interesting for me usually um, it goes well yeah I think Iowa has a pretty good track record of it going mm-hmm. well. And also, I mean, Adam's New Family Med, which is a not very competitive specialty, so we yeah. kind of have that going for I us. I think what's really hard is when people are in two yeah. different competitive, or even two of the same competitive yeah. specialty. Yeah. Yeah. That's the hardest. Then you're like, the specialty. yeah, then you're sort of, I don't know. You almost have to go to a city if there are like multiple yeah. programs. And I mean, even, that's what we're even trying to do, Yeah, is go somewhere where there's multiple programs. But yeah, so that's basically an overview of how it works. Uh, I should make my family listen to this because the number of times that I've explained Mm -hmm. the match process and how medical education works to my family members is bordering on ridiculous. (laughs) I get so mad when they ask me. I swear to you, I've explained this to my father like five times already. We we fathers, though, in 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 deference, in in, what's the word I'm looking for? In our Defense. defense, yes. In our defense, we are slowly becoming morons. <laughs> okay? And I think it's just a fact of biology. You know, like our 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 the wrinkles in our brain are flattening out. <laughs> We're just slowly becoming you know, not very not the smart people we once were. I uh, I have a bad habit of just like not telling my parents of, <laughs> about things. Like it's I just It's much more convenient. I just don't, I'm like not, I don't know. I'm not super communicative about, I don't know, about like, oh, this is what you can expect, sort of. And uh, so my, so because we're in Iowa, my grandma, she just sold her house and one of her real estate agent is one of our classmates' aunts. What? Um, Classic. And so his aunt like knows um that i'm in med school with this classmate and um his aunt was like talking to my mom and they're like talking about oh and then match day is coming up and my mom's like what's match day oh my gosh (laughs) and then my mom asked me like corbin what's match day is that something that we go to i was like yeah i'll talk to you about it later (laughs) it's like you don't really need to know until march it's fine yeah it's not now mom busy (laughs) i know i'm like trying to decide if i want my parents to come to match day or graduation i think i'm just gonna have them come to graduation I think it's hard for us because our families live so far away. Yeah, yeah, because our families live like five hours away from Iowa City. So unlike, yeah, like, it's not like Adam's in parents, California, but yeah, like, but Adam's so... parents live like an hour and a half away. Like it's really easier for them to come to stuff. I think, uh, I mean, it varies, but I, I think a lot of people say that match day is for you. Yeah. And graduation is for your family. Yeah, that's what I think too, which is why I think that maybe. Yeah. Plus also the other thing is, so we graduate the day before my birthday and then Adam's birthday is four days later. So I think that it, I think I'll just have everybody come for that mm-hmm. and then we'll just celebrate everything all at the same yeah. time. That said, there's, I mean, families of all kinds move. in match day. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Ooh, smart. I know. But that, that said, there's families everywhere on yeah. match day. So yeah. Yeah. it's not, so it's not, it's not abnormal right. to have families. No, I think so I would yeah. be fine if my family wasn't there. Yeah. In fact, I might prefer. I think if I, of course, I think if it didn't turn out the way I wanted, I would prefer my family not be there. 
Yeah, I think I'm with you on that. And also, it's hard, I think. for Like, for instance, okay, match day is kind of like also time you celebrate with your class. Yeah. So, for us, if our families are in from out of town, like, it's kind of rude to ditch them and yeah. be like, hey, I'm going to the bars with my classmates. Yeah. 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 You know? Yeah, and match week is definitely more about your class than your... So, yeah, I think that in some ways it's... I mean, if they lived, like, in town or, like, an hour right. away, it yeah. would be different, but... Because they could just come and then kind of... You know, either, I mean, take you either out to lunch that, and then peace out. Either that or just set expectations. Like, you can yeah. come. I want you there. But just know that yeah. that evening I am going out to celebrate with my classmates. Yeah. 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 And you can come if you want to get... <laughs> my dad know, would be like, hey, you want a DD? I was <laughs> say- <laughs> <laughs> or actually, my dad would, like, try to come with us. And yeah. Like, Matt, no, stop. <laughs> Matt Wyatt. My oh, dad man. would be like, you shouldn't drink alcohol. <laughs> I think your dad and her dad should hang out together. Yeah, yeah, that, would that never evening. Work. I don't think that would be. Maybe um, there'd be a little cross, uh, you know. Cross I mean, they do yeah. have one thing in common: Republicans, and that's oh, it. Well, then they'd have a lot of good to times. Good times. Um, oh, what was I gonna say? Oh, um, uh, I will say though that it's crazy because I remember my first my M one year on Match Day, just thinking, "Holy shit, that will be me in three years." Mm-hmm. And now I'm like almost a doc i'll be a doctor in like seven months it's a hell and of a that's, ride. that's so crazy to me yeah. i kind of realized that when i started getting interview invitations yeah <laughs> like i'm like oh this is a real thing that's happening yeah i know like i'm gonna be i'm that like pr- so know? terrified of like being a doctor and like being in charge of people's lives it's crazy people yeah. do it all the time yep. i know it's so scary yep. though so, what are you guys oh. thinking about in terms of what your um, ideal programs are yeah that's a good question i think it's different for both of us so this is a good yeah. question i mean i want an opportunity to work with like underserved communities i think i want to live in a city where there's a lot of diversity i want diversity in my fellow residents um so those are kind of my main priorities okay yeah um so i number one on the list want somewhere where uh i have a lot of support so my most important quality is do I feel like these people will support me because residency is super hard and Mm -hmm. it sucks and I know that I'll be pushed and I know that I'll learn and but I also know that I'll do that pretty much anywhere that I applied and what I really want is people who will support me when I um have a really bad day Mm -hmm. and people who I also people who I trust with my patients lives Mm -hmm. so um that's important and then yeah so the other thing like corbin said like i would love diversity in my residents my staff um my patients population i would love somewhere where i could do global health um but that's kind of really hard in residency so it's not really high on the list um but like when i was looking through like you can see the residents that are there currently and if they so ob is definitely female dominated um and if they didn't have males in any of their residency classes i was like "Mm, i don't know you know i don't know that i I don't know. It, it should be important to you to have that diversity. Do you know well. what the figures are for men versus women in OB? No, I don't know. It's uh, I do know that most of the men who go in a majority of the men who go into OB uh, sub specialize. Um, oh, okay. But then the other thing is, I was looking at some programs, and there's some programs. There's a program I looked at where literally only two of their staff are female, mm-hmm. which. I mean, that's the thing is like the older generation of OB-GYNs are male. They were men, yeah. Um, because most of the doctors are male. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have very many women on staff too, that's also a red flag to me. It does seem a little weird. Yeah. yeah. 
so i would like i just want diversity i want a good balance of mm-hmm. everything um but yeah i would also like to work with underserved populations i think that's a uh, I really want to do education, like patient education. So I think that is a really good place to do what I want to do. Um, what are you going? Okay, so here's my other question: What are you going to do when it's your turn to teach medical students? What have what? This could be like a whole other episode. Yeah, it totally could be. And and you know, I understand it's complicated, but yeah, I personally don't really believe in the medical education system as like the status quo of like the best medical student is the one who like does the most busy work. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's annoying. I think I want to just be upfront with my student, you know, students, and be like, hey, you don't have to run around and try to find things to do for me. Like, what we're going to do is, like, just try to learn. And so, mm-hmm. you know, try to include them. Like, for instance, I, tr- for instance, okay, I had a patient yesterday who I feel like I didn't do the best job with. Like, I was a little disappointed with, like, my differential and stuff. And so I thought through myself, like, what went wrong here? Like, how could I have done this better? Mm-hmm. You know? And I came up with the conclusion, like, for instance, like, instead of, because sometimes a chief complaint for instance that's the main thing the patient is coming to see you for sometimes it'll be presented to you already as a diagnosis yeah and that like throws off your whole thing completely and so who, it's like who presents that to you the patient like no not the patient but the scheduler sometimes right. the schedulers sometimes. like right. for so instance, they're here because they want to talk about this yeah basically that's what you're told they want to talk about pcos or something mm-hmm. but maybe they're polycystic ovarian cancer okay. or syndrome the sorry syndrome. Sorry. Um, and, but maybe the real chief complaint is like amenorrhea. So like not getting a period. So amenorrhea has its own differential diagnosis that you need to think of. If you go into a room thinking, oh, this person has PCOS, you're going to conduct the interview a lot differently and you may miss something. Mm-hmm. So that's something I worked through myself yesterday. Hopefully I'll be the type of resident that can like, help my students like think through stuff like that Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and like walk them through like hey you know how do we get here what's going on like what's the logic behind this management sort of thing yeah like teach them how to be a physician instead of just the facts that you need to know yeah Mm -hmm. i like that or just put them to work doing things for me yeah that's annoying because i just also let them leave when they don't have anything to do that annoys me when like residents make you stay till they're done because i'm like i'm literally sitting here not doing anything i could be using my time so much more efficiently Mm -hmm. um see so i like am one of those people who actually likes the socratic method of learning which i know a lot of med students don't and i totally understand that but i'm someone i need a lot of external motivation like i am not very internally motivated which is like a huge weakness of mine but, and I also just uh, realized that that's what I should talk about in my interviews. But anyway, because <laughs> I was trying to think of weaknesses earlier what is your to weakness? talk about. So the Socratic method being, yeah, for, for people who don't that. know, what what is that? Oh, so it's this idea where um, like your teacher like asks questions of you and you like answer until you don't know. And then they teach you to fill in the gaps in your knowledge. Mm-hmm. So it gets abused a lot in the medical system um, where if you don't know something, you're yelled at and made fun of, which has happened to me before. Pimping. Uh, yeah, so it's yeah commonly occurred, referred to as pimping, which I think of pimping as like a 
bullying style mm-hmm. of the Socratic method because I mean that's definitely happened to me like in the OR I've been like pimped and I got it wrong and it actually and I was right which is the worst part because I'm so <laughs> mad because I was correct and there's anyway and I like do. got like yelled like screamed at like legit yelled at and that's just like not okay that is awkward when sometimes your attendings are wrong yeah because like you know so if we just learn something sometimes we're more, like more up yeah. to date on things right so that's always awkward when it's like eh, i don't think you're right yeah but, you know um but anyway but i've also had residents and attendings who are so good at that method um and I, it all comes down to like your level of comfort with the person who's teaching you because you have to feel comfortable being wrong or saying, I don't know mm-hmm. to that person. And if you're not, then it doesn't work. Also, so like the Socratic method ideally should lead the learner down a path. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like I think the difference between actually doing a good Socratic method and just pimping someone is you just ask them a quest, like almost a read my mind question and expect them to know something. So like a good Socratic method would be like, okay, so this person presents with this. What are, you know, like what are some concerns you have about that? Or like, you know, something like, like what's a question you want to ask them? Right. And then they'll like give you the answer, you know, then you'll say your question and then like they'll answer your question and you'll say, okay, so now what differential are you thinking about? Right. And then, you know, they kind of like go down that trail with them or being like, you know, if you're talking about disease process, they could say like, tell me what you know about this disease. Like what is the pathophysiology of this? And then you tell them what you know and then they correct you, you know, whatever you say. And then you say, okay, so how does that manifest in the patient? You know, so it's kind of like a, it's an interactive thing because you're being asked and I really need that as a learner. I need to like have responsibility to be wrong because it's like higher stakes for me. Whereas if someone's just telling me, then it's like, I'm not having to process the information. I'm just hearing it again. And yeah, so it like doesn't work as well for me, but I definitely need, that's why I need somewhere with a lot of support because I need to be okay with, uh, not knowing the answer. So but and I try like with so even now like if I have like m2s in clinic with me I'll try to like I like ask them what they want to learn and I'll give them like a little short thing um about you know some topic that they like want to know about um which is crazy like when I realize that like I actually know this stuff and like I can (laughs) tell an m2 about it I'm like what just happened what what just came out of my face Yeah. yeah sometimes I like talk and I'm like uh, that's right, but I don't know how I knew that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. That's I, crazy. Uh, also, I think that kind of when a residents be like, why don't you read up on this? And oh, then we'll talk. Like, me. that's the worst. Oh, okay. Because Which, it's just, honestly, what that is, is a lazy way to yeah. teach. Because they just don't want to teach. And then... I think a better way to ask that question is say, like, what have you read about so far that you have a question about? that we can talk about but yeah like this whole yeah this whole like read about this and then we'll talk about it like no that's stupid i don't know i think there's a i think there's a movement afoot to better train residents on how to teach which is good news because i i think my guess is that that was you know you're sort of you you're expected to learn how to teach on the job yeah you know, there's no formal training. There's no, no there's, there's no real even, I don't even think, I'm not even sure there's historically been even much discussion on like, okay, you're going to be working with students. Here's how you do this. Yeah. Well. Yeah. You have true. to, you have to be very interested in doing that. Mm-hmm. 
to become really good at, which is true of a lot of things. But, you know, it's it's an expectation of it's like it's part of our job. It's like if I was a, you know, yes, in, in a way, it's like if I was a janitor at a at a mm. school and my job was also to teach people, you know, that would be ridiculous. Right. Does that make any sense? What I just yeah. said? Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, I like that. That's a good that's a good thing. Yeah. But yeah. So that is a little like peek into our lives right now. Uh, maybe we should like do some more updates along the along the way. What do you yeah. think? We'll yeah, totally. Keep you updated. Yeah, we should have like a match day special where it's just us like celebrating. That's it. That would be fun. <laughs> that would be fun. But uh, yeah. All right. Well, cool. Yeah, it's good to be back, guys. Yeah, I'm glad you're back. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Everyone, give me a. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I introduced some Dave to someone as my producer this week, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, I'm so cool." <laughs> oh, yeah. po- you didn't introduce him as the Podfather. No. I was like, I think oh. you mentioned that. Yeah, you, probably. You that. Uh, anyway, but um, all right. Say, oh yeah, everyone, send me good vibes on Wednesday, mm-hmm. uh, the day this comes out. I'll mm-hmm. be interviewing. I'm not gonna say where. Good I think vibes. That's, I think that's weird to like. No, you don't yeah, to I'm not gonna disclose where I'm interviewing, yeah, no, no. but. Uh, yeah. Send me good vibes on Saturday. All right. Yeah, I will. Okay. All right. Peace out. Oh, wait, we got to do the thing. Okay. So, um, I, I told Dave the other day, I forgot all this. It's been four weeks. <laughs> it's not even that hard. I know. It, it gets shorter or longer as you go. So, I think the shortest is Twitter at the Vagabonds. Yep. And then Instagram is at the Vagabonds Pod. Yep. And then Facebook is the Vagabonds Podcast. Yep. We have a group. Join it. Um, yeah. And then you can uh, follow us on iTunes or whichever podcatcher you uh, use. Uh, subscribe, I mean. And then rate us on iTunes. And leave a nice stuff. comment. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, that's it. Well done. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Bye.